Hi there, everyone. Thanks for coming back to Lesson 152. The power of decision is my own. This is a very powerful, in-your-face, unequivocal, no-wiggle-room batch of statements. So, be prepared. <laughs> and happily, it's all true. No one can suffer loss unless it's his own decision. No one can suffer pain except it's his choice that elects this state for him. No one can grieve, nor fear, nor think himself sick, unless these are the outcomes that he wants. And no one dies without his own consent. Nothing occurs but represents your wish, and nothing is omitted that you choose. Here is your world, complete in all details. Here is its whole reality for you, and it's only here that salvation is. We've said so many times the world is a mirror of our state of mind exact to the last detail. Not someone else's. This is our mind that's being revealed to us. So it shows us that we have both total responsibility, which we somehow feel like just shouldn't be, but it means we also have total safety, total abundance, and total peace when we decide to accept this, accept that all of these decisions are my own, change my mind, let go of grievances. See, I told you this is a very unequivocal lesson. So you may believe that this position is too extreme too inclusive to be true. It's very much all or nothing. Yet, can truth have exceptions? You can't be partly asleep and partly awake. If you have the gift of everything, which is true, then can there be loss? Could loss actually occur? No. Can pain be part of peace? Or grief be part of joy? Anybody who's ever experienced grief, which is probably all of you, cannot possibly confuse that with joy. Can fear and sickness enter in a mind where love and joy and perfect holiness abide? Of course not. Truth must be all-inclusive if it's going to be true. In other words, you're either hallucinating or you're not. So accept no opposites, no exceptions, for to do so is to contradict the truth entirely. It's to completely miss the point. So salvation, then, is the recognition the truth is true and nothing else is true. What God created is true. What we hallucinate isn't. This you've heard before, but you might not accept both parts of it. Without the first, the second doesn't have any meaning. But without the second, the first is no longer true because truth can't have an opposite. This cannot be said too often, and it can't be thought about too often. For if what is not true is true, that would be our world, then part of truth is false. In other words, we've lost track of what's true and what isn't. We have lost its meaning. So nothing but the truth is true, and what is false is false. Hallucinations cannot be true, and the truth is absolutely recognizable as the truth, and you cannot combine them like there's some sort of an imaginary best of both worlds. It tells us this is the simplest of distinctions and yet the most obscure. Okay, why is it obscure? 
not because it's a difficult distinction to perceive, it's concealed behind a vast array of choices that don't appear to really be yours. And thus the truth appears to have some aspects that aren't consistent. But we don't recognize that we're the ones who have introduced the inconsistencies. So as God created you, you must remain unchangeable with transitory states, that means changeable states, by definition, false. And those transitory states include things like shifts in feeling, alterations in conditions of the body or the mind, changes or alterations in any awareness or any responses you make to anything. This, the unchangeable nature of you, is the all-inclusiveness of you which sets you, the truth, apart from falsehood. You aren't false. And the false kept separate from the truth is what it is. It makes change in you impossible. So don't you think it's strange that you believe to think you made the world you see is arrogant? And then it says, listen, for sure, God did not make it. Oh dear, God didn't make it? Nope, absolutely not. What can he know of the ephemeral? Ephemeral is a word that refers to time. What can he know of the sinful, of the guilty, the afraid, the suffering, the lonely, and the mind that lives within a body that absolutely is going to die? You but accuse him of insanity to think he made a world where such things seem that's the operative word, seem to have reality. He is not mad. Now, that doesn't mean angry. It means insane. He is not insane. Yet only madness or insanity makes a world like this. Don't underestimate, as it tells us, the depth of our guilt and terror and fear, which is resulting in the insanity of the world. Just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not there. The whole point of the course is to help us find it, let it go. Okay, so to continue on with the diatribe here, <laughs> to think that God made chaos, contradicts his will, invented opposites to truth, and suffers death to triumph over life, all this is the arrogant part. Humility would see at once these things cannot be of him. They are not loving and he is only love. It couldn't possibly be that love itself created all that stuff. And can you see what God didn't create since you share his mind and live in his mind? To think you can is merely to believe you can perceive. That means that you can see what God willed not to be and what could be more arrogant than this. So it asks us, please, today be truly humble and accept. There are a number of places where it's going to say accept and decide, accept and decide, decide and accept. Here's one of them. Accept what we have made as what it is. We've made the insanity. We've been driven insane by our guilt. The power of decision is our own. Now decide to accept your rightful place as co-creator of the universe. Remember, what you pay attention to is what occurs. And all you think you made will disappear. 
what rises to awareness then will be all there ever was, is now, and ever will be, eternally, eternally. And it's going to take the place of self-deceptions, all the ego programming, made but to usurp the altar to the Father and the Son. So today we're going to practice true humility, abandoning this crazy, false pretense by which the ego attempts to prove that we are very arrogant in claiming this power. Actually, only the ego can be arrogant. Truth, that would be us. Truth is humble in acknowledging its mightiness, its changelessness, its eternal wholeness, all-encompassing God's perfect gift to his beloved Son, all of creation, and we are that. So we're going to lay aside the arrogance that says we're sinners and we're guilty and we're afraid and ashamed of what we are and lift our hearts in true humility instead to him who has created us immaculate, clean, like to himself in power and in love. The power of decision is our own. Remember a few lessons ago, it says we have choice and that we always have two things to choose between and we can't keep jumping back and forth. We have to finally come down on one side or the other. So here we go. Make a decision and we accept of him that which we are and humbly recognize us, the Son of God, creation. To recognize God's Son, that's us, implies as well that all these self-concepts, the ego, the sense of separate self, all our programming are laid aside and recognized as false. Their arrogance has been perceived and in humility and in the radiance of the light that we are, the gentleness, the perfect sinlessness, the innocence, the lovingness, our right to heaven and release from hell are joyously accepted as our own. Now, do we join in thankful, relieved, glad acknowledgement that lies are false and only truth, the truth of our loving, guiltless nature is true. And we're going to think of this truth only as we arise, spend five minutes practicing its ways, encouraging our heretofore frightened minds with this, the power of decision is my own, and this day I will accept myself as what my Father's will created me to be and creates present tense. It goes on all the time. Then we're going to wait in silence, and we're going to give up all self-deceptions as we humbly ask ourselves that he reveal himself to us. And he who never left will come again to our awareness grateful to restore his home to God as it was meant to be. All those he's should be ours. So, in patience, wait for him throughout the day and every hour invite him with the words with which the day began, concluding it with this very same invitation to yourself. God's voice will answer your intuition, your sense of knowing, for he speaks for you and for your Father. He will substitute the deep peace of God for all your frantic thoughts, the truth of God for the ego self-deception, and you yourself, God's Son, for the illusions that you have believed 
about yourself. Very powerful, straightforward lesson. No way to misunderstand this. Hope you have a great day practicing. Goodbye for now.